Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast, where I seek truth in the world's best books. I'm your host, Eric Rostad, coming to you from the beautiful Books of Titans studio in Franklin, Tennessee. My goal is to read 52 books per year and share what I'm learning. I'll talk a bit about each book, tie ideas together from a variety of genres, and share the one thing I always hope to remember from each book. Today I'm going to tie together a few main ideas that have shown up over and over again in this reading project. This is the first such episode of this sort, but books are about ideas, and in reading a variety of books for this project, I've seen some ideas cross the chasm of fiction, nonfiction, biography, war, religious, fantasy, and other types of books. When I see these ideas pop up in all these different places, I, I consider these ideas to be the important ones. So I want to talk about the a few of these ideas today. They mostly boil down into three main topics, and my plan is to tie them together here by using ideas from the books that I've read with a strong focus on the books that I've read in this year, 2021. So here are the three main ideas that I'll be covering in this episode. The first is means and ends. So that age-old question of does the end justify the means? The second is direction, and I'll get into that further. And then the third is small choices. So wh- why does this matter? What, why, are, why are the means and ends so important? Well, first off, I see it everywhere. And it, there seems to be one kind of common view on this in, in life. And that is this. It's okay morally, politically, organizationally to use whatever means necessary to achieve a desired end. I mean, just look at our politics and the electorate right now. There is a strong sense that that as long as my person is in power, I don't care how they got there or what they do to keep that power because I trust their ends. Or say in churches, there is a major podcast series right now looking at one pastor of one church and how warning signs, so the means, were neglected because of the ends, which was church growth. Because the ends of church growth were being accomplished, these warning signs and these, these means to get there were, were overlooked. I've seen this myself with, with different churches and ministries. And then what if we take a look at our own lives? We may think we know of the right end, and we sure as heck want to be on, on the right side of history, whatever that is. But what if the means to get there are not right? I think this is one of the most important areas of discussion at the moment because you see it pop up everywhere. The book series that really got me started on thinking about means and ends was the Robert Caro Years of LBJ series. In the second book of that series, uh, it's also the shortest book and the most exhilarating if, if you do want to read one of the, the Caro books. He says this in the introduction in discussing the 1948 Senate race in which evidence shows that, that Lyndon B. Johnson stole that election. So here's what Robert Caro writes. The campaign raises, in fact, one of the greatest issues invoked by the life of Lyndon Baines Johnson, the relationship between means and ends. Many of the ends of Lyndon Johnson's life, civil rights in particular, perhaps but others, too, were noble, heroic advances in the cause of social justice. Those ends are part of that life. Many liberal dreams might not be reality even today if it were not for Lyndon Johnson. Those noble ends, however, would not have been possible were it not for the means, far from noble, which brought Lyndon Johnson to power. Their attainment would not have been possible without that 1948 campaign. And what are the implications of that fact? To what extent are the ends inseparable from the means? Of all the questions raised by the life of Lyndon Baines Johnson, no question is more important than that. End quote. 
So he says, to what extent are the ends inseparable from the means? I read all of Kara's books this year, and this idea of means and verse ends and, and uh, can the ends can the end justify the means to get there? It permeates each of his books, whether it's about LBJ or Robert Moses. So I want to highlight four different people in in how this came up in, in different books that I read this year. So the first I, I just mentioned with LBJ, that was the first person. The second is Robert Moses. So let me read a few sections from Robert Caro's book about Robert Moses. So we'll start, we'll start here. Um, the dream was the important thing. The dream was what mattered. This lesson Robert Moses translated into phrases that began to appear in his letters and according to associates, his conversation after the Taylor estate fight. And here's what Robert Moses would say. The important thing is to get things done. You can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. If the end doesn't justify the means, what does? End quote. And so uh, Robert Moses would would have the end goal of a of a he was he was a master builder in the city of New York and so he would have these parks or these bridges or these these expressways and that was the end and and you can't really argue against a park because it seems like a good end but the means that he would use to get to that end were were not were not great and and so you see this over and over. And, and, and so that's a big question in that book with Robert Moses as well. But later on the book, in the book, uh, almost midway through, Robert Caro says this, that Robert Moses started by seeking power only for the sake of his dreams, only as a means to an end. Even then, however, there were signs that he was beginning to seek it for its own sake as an end in itself. End quote. So let's let's dig into that a little bit. So he, so Robert Moses started by seeking power, just so that he could fulfill his dreams. It, it was a means to an end. If he got the power, then he could do these 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 building plans that he had in his head. But what ended up happening is that he began to seek power for its own sake, and he he began to seek power as an end in itself. So as the means became corrupted to get to this supposedly good end, as the means got corrupted, so did the end. The end be- became about gaining more and more power as opposed to having these good ends. It also came up in the first book of the Lord of the Rings series. So here we're going from nonfiction with, with Lyndon B. Johnson and Robert Moses. Now we're going to fiction and the Lord of the Rings. And there were two just excellent sections uh, about this issue of means versus ends in the first book, The Fellowship of the Ring. So I'm going to read a few sections here. The first is with Saruman and Gandalf, and, and they're talking, and Saruman is trying to get Gandalf to join the power, the new power that's rising. And, and this is this is the evil power. And so uh, I want to just read a little bit of this section. And, and listen, Gandalf, my old friend and helper, he said, coming near and speaking now in a softer voice. I said, we, for we, it may be, if you will join me. A new power is rising. Against it, the old allies and policies will not avail us at all. There is no hope left in elves or dying Numenor. Then, this then is one choice before you, before us. We may join with that power. It would be wise, Gandalf. There is hope that way. Its victory is at hands, and there will be rich reward for those that aided it. As the power grows, its its 
improved friends will also grow, and the wise, such as you and I, may with patience come at last to direct its courses, to control it. We can bide our time, we can keep our thoughts in our hearts, deploring maybe evils done by the way, but approving the high and ultimate purpose. Knowledge, rule, order, all the things that we have so far striven in vain to accomplish, hindered rather than helped by our weak or idle friends, there need not be, there would not be any real change in our designs, only in our means. End quote. So many good lines there, but, but the one, deploring maybe evils done by the way. So deploring, we can, we can, well, we're first, we're the wise people. So we we know the, we know the course things must take, but if evil is done along the way, well, we can deplore it, but then, uh, there would not be real, any real change in our designs. So the ends would stay the same, or the, these good ends that we have in mind, it would just be the means that would have to change. And so, um, Gandalf's response to this is great. He says, Saruman, I've heard speeches of this kind before, but only in the mouths of emissaries sent from Mordor to deceive the ignorant. I cannot think that you brought me here so far only to weary my ears. And end quote. So Gandalf does not go along with that. He can see right through it. But this temptation uh, to join power, to get power, to gain power in order to do supposed good uh, and, and to not care about the means to get there. The other one comes, comes towards the end of that book, and it's uh, a, a scene with Boromir and Frodo. And Boromir is trying to get Frodo to, to give him the ring. And so I'm going to read a few sections. For you seem ever to think only of its power in the hands of the enemy, of its evil uses, not of its good. And this is Boromir speaking. The world is changing, you say. Minas Tirith will, will fall if the ring lasts. But why? Certainly if the ring were with the enemy. But why? If it were with us. Yet I often doubt if they are wise and not merely timid, but each to his own kind. True-hearted men, they will not be corrupted. We of Minas Tirith have been staunch through long years of trial. We do not desire the power of wizard lords, only strength to defend ourselves, strength in a just cause. And behold, in our need, chance brings to light the ring of power. It is mad not to use it, to use the power of the enemy against him. End quote. And uh, Frodo fortunately sees right through this. Uh, Boromir actually kind of becomes insane, just kind of spouting off the great things they could do if they just were to, to both use this ring together. Uh, so some great, great scenes there of, of means versus ends and, and the temptation of power. So in all of these four examples, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, Robert Moses, Saruman, and Boromir, you see some common features. And here, here are four that stick out. First, there's an overwhelming lust for power to achieve certain ends. Number two, there's a nonchalance about the potential evil means to reach those ends. Number three, there's a feeling of superiority of being able to set ends, not just for themselves, but for others. So this, this, this sense of, of being wise, as, as, as Saruman said, we're the wise ones. Uh, this sense of, of, of superiority of being the wise ones to set the ends for others. And then the fourth is this, this corruption of the end because of the corrupted means. And you see that definitely with Robert Moses. Uh, you see it with LBJ, and you see it in these cases of the Lord of the Rings series. So the question here that Carol raises is this, is that even possible? Is it possible to reach good ends with bad means? 
Perhaps that is the question that we need to be pondering for ourselves and our leaders and to look out for these warning signs in those that we follow. The next overarching idea is that of direction. In a discussion about means and ends, it necessarily becomes a discussion about direction. The means are pointing in a certain direction to a given end. We know this intuitively. For example, I'm, I'm signed up for a marathon that is set to take place a month from now. That is the, the end. I have a variety of different means to reach and prepare for that end. Uh, I could sit on the couch for the next, the next month, uh, watch TV, eat junk food, and then I could say that I'm resting my muscles getting ready for the race. I could start running low mileage and build up to higher and higher mileage. Or I could go out and just try and start running 26 miles a day until race day. The end is the same in each of these cases. I, I'm running a race on November 20th. But the means to get there are all different, and they all have ramifications for how I approach the end. This idea of direction was very strong in two of the books that I consider the top books for this reading project, Man's Search for Meaning and the Gulag Archipelago. I had a question going into each of those books. Who is the type of person who survives a concentration camp or a gulag? And we just unfortunately, we need to identify that there's a tremendous level of luck just to even survive those things. People are killed at random. Uh, you, you arrive at the concentration camp and, and you're split into groups. Some are killed immediately. So just for the sake of argument here, say you make it past that and you spend a year, two years, three years, 10 years in a gulag or concentration camp. Who was the person who survived that? And what you see in these books is that the survivors made their decisions long before they ever arrived at these locations. They were becoming the kind of person who survives a camp well before they ever arrived. They were becoming the kind of person in relatively good times when they could have been resting and taking it easy. So what does that mean for us? Since ends and means necessitates a direction that you are moving in, then the means become the important part of the desired end. The end may be far off, but the means occur weekly, daily, hourly, even every minute. I've, I've found in my own life that I can focus on something. I can focus on the end of where I want to be, and I can focus on it so much that it becomes this big, enormous thing to where the daily interactions, the daily life seems insignificant. The choices I make on a daily basis don't seem to really have any impact on where I'm wanting to go. But it should be the opposite. It, it, should, it, it should be the daily choices that are of the utmost importance. So just take raising a child. I have the end of, in mind of raising a love, lovely, successful daughter. So first off, that's not just going to happen on its own. Uh, my daily interactions with her are of utmost importance. And if they are not pointing in the right direction, what makes me think that somehow everything's just going to magically end up end up good. And so this is where this third idea comes in. So we've got we've got means and ends. We've got direction uh, connecting the means and the ends. And the third piece of that that ties this together is these small choices. And this was captured perfectly in a book from my 2019 reading list, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. 
And I consider what I'm about to read to be the single most important section of any of the books I've read for this project. I think about it all the time and I see this idea come up constantly. So here it is. Here's the beginning of the quote. I would much rather say that every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different than it was before. In taking your life as a whole with all your innumerable choices, all your life long, you are slowly turning this central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature, either into a creature that is in harmony with God and with other creatures and with itself, or else into one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with its fellow creatures and with itself. To be the one kind of creature is heaven. That is, it is joy and peace and knowledge and power. To be the other means madness, horror, idiocy, rage, impotence, and eternal loneliness. Each of us, at each moment, is progressing to the one state or the other. Each of us, at each moment, is progressing to the one state or the other. End quote. This, this idea of, of the daily choices, I really hit home for me when I read the book Living with a Seal, in 2016. This was uh, Jesse Itzler. He invites uh, a Navy SEAL who, who ends up being David Goggins. He invites him to live with him for a month and do whatever he, he says. It's for the purpose of, of challenging himself and, and getting in shape and, and um, just really uh, changing his mindset. So what, what, I, what I saw in that book is that every run is important because it's about direction and direction is made up of these small daily choices. The choice to run or not. And so if you make the choice not to run, it makes it that much harder to run the next day. And so that, that's, that's this idea of direction. You, 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 you make one choice one day and you do the thing you don't want to do, then it just makes that choice easier and easier. And then you're, you're, you're starting to move in a particular direction. And although that book was not a, a spiritual book, it had a big am- impact on me spiritually because it, it connected that directional means to an end for me on, on, a, on a larger scale, like on, on, a, on the important ends that you want to move towards in life. So it, it really is the small choices that matter. And if anything, we should flip the equation around and do the following. Instead of looking at where we want to be, we should look at our daily choices in the direction they are leading. This could be with health, finances, education, our spiritual journey, marriage, children, relationships. As I said in another episode, the means that your choices, the, the means are your directional litmus test for how, how, you're, how you're going. It, it's how you can test the direction is, is to look at those choices. And instead of, lo- instead of looking at the promises of, of a politician, look at their voting record or what they say or, or how they act. Uh, what they say may not be a good one because, uh, uh, well, yeah. Instead of looking at the growth of a church, uh, look at the, the, the fruit, look at uh, the leadership, look at, at the daily choices that they are making. You will see means and ends everywhere. It is being heavily debated in our culture right now, and it, it's something that it, it, it's going to pop up everywhere. So the question Carol raised at the beginning was this, to what extent are the ends inseparable from the means? And my answer is they aren't. They are not inseparable from the means. The end, the end is not inseparable from the means. 
Book 25 this year, my 2021 reading list, uh, was the New Testament. And in it, during the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus makes this statement, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. The means to get to an end are pointing in a certain direction, and that direction is guided by daily choices. For a good and noble end, you can't get there through evil means. It will distort the end. You don't reach the right end without the right means. One of my favorite uh, things I heard about David Goggins, he, he was interviewed on a podcast, and, and he was running one day, and this car pulled up to him. And the guy rolled the window down. Goggins was thinking, what, what's going on here? Uh, but the guy asked David Goggins, he says, what, what are you training for? And Goggins respond, David Goggins responds immediately, and he says, I'm training for life. And I loved that response because he could have said, I was, I'm training for this such and such race, which he probably was in, in some sense. But his response, and his response was immediate, was, was life. And that is an end. He, he knows that life is not made up of ease. He knows that life is, is a lot of times it's, it's, it's full of suffering. And that's what he's training for. He's training his mind for that and not for a life of, of ease. And so I loved that, that response. I loved how he was going about that. And, and his run was not for the next race. His run that day was for life. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, this was kind of an experiment episode where I wanted to just take some ideas that that I see pop up in a lot of different books and, and try to tie some of them together. I'd love to hear from you uh, what you thought about the episode and maybe um, if you've been thinking along these same, same lines of, of means and ends and, and how you're seeing it in culture or in your, your own life. You can email me at eric at booksoftitans.com. Let me know what you thought of this episode or the other ones. I have also uh, have a new way that you can support the podcast, and that is that you can help me purchase my books for my 2022 reading list. You guys have, have bought so many books for that list, and I'm so thankful. I, I just have a few remaining and would love if you could help to, uh, to support the podcast in that way. That, that just helps me not uh, have to spend as much money on the book side of things. You can follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter. And also the website is stock full of resources to help you find the best books and to create your own reading list. I'll be back in two weeks to discuss another book or series from my 2021 reading list. And until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out.